This is Blood and Firewater, a true crime comedy discussion type podcast. We shoot tequila and chase it with a case of murder. Just as a disclaimer, this podcast contains mature content not suitable for all ages. So listener discretion is advised. Alright, so today's case is old as shit. But it's good. It's actually really good. In this case, a a preacher kills a teacher and a lawyer in in the bleachers. No? Okay, I thought we were going for like a theme. I'm sorry. Nope. It's not a very well-known case. I'm just going to go straight into it. For those who don't know, uh, we're recording episodes ahead. So we probably recorded this one. This was this was obviously recorded ahead. So there's no new news. Hey, how you doing? I'm Rashad. Over there's Dre. Howdy. Yeah, we um we're getting try- we're trying to get ahead for the holidays because as stressful as it already is, I don't want to have something like recording become something that I don't want to do because of how stressful the holidays can and will be every single year every single time like I could you imagine like being stressed out as a kid during the holidays like oh uh Aunt Jackie and and Aunt Satara and Aunt Stephanie everybody's coming down we got to figure out where everybody's going to sleep and then they have they all have four kids apiece where are they going to sleep? And you're full. Some you're, of those kids have kids. Some of those kids have kids. And like, and But that's the stress of like a five-year-old. They're just like, I got so many people to play with. And when I think about it, it's just like, nowadays, it's like, family comes over and it's just like, all right. There's only two of y'all that I, I'm cool with being in my room. Kind of thing. <laughs> the rest of y'all just don't break nothing. The rest of y'all just kind of hang out. <laughs> we'll call you if we need you. But yeah, so like this case, not well known. We're just going, we, I tried to get straight into it, then I got sidetracked. But we start the story with a reverend named George Washington Carwin. He was born in Swan Quarter, which is in Hyde County, North Carolina. And I look Hyde County up, it's like, the back of North Carolina, like the the part of North Carolina, I don't know anybody that lives at. That's where he's at. Not like anywhere near Charlotte, Raleigh, Concord, uh, Asheville. It's not near none of that. It is like damn at the. <laughs> I beach. feel like you named like every corner of north carolina he's not near yeah that's what i'm saying like people like people from south carolina like that is north carolina like that's it like that's the only places to actually go but north carolina is actually from what we know from having to drive across the bitch yeah is it's extremely large and there's a lot of places out there and this place is so far away that I've never, I don't know anybody that's from, they might as well be from the other side of the country. Anyway. Um, or just not from North Carolina at all. Or, yeah, just, his father died when he was four. 
So he was raised in a single-parent home, and his mother and four other siblings were devoted members of the old-school Baptist church. She was a very hard-working, but very strict, and very violent, very religious woman. And growing up, Carwin was rebellious of the church. He would attend sermons and mock them, and he was well-known as the town atheist. I mean, we're, we're talking 1800s, pretty much. Like, that's the worst name you could possibly get is the town atheist. Mm. In 1822, he married a woman named Elizabeth Caro, and they moved to Beaufort County. Carwin becomes a farmer. Seven years later, Carwin found Jesus. Hmm. I mean, he literally found Jesus. And Jesus had a scroll that said that he must become a preacher and spread the word of God. No bullshit. And then people just believed him when he said that. But he was a really good preacher, though. And he was very knowledgeable of the Bible from his upbringings. And he was also very attractive. So that probably helped out a little bit. And he was very charismatic. And he began to find his flock. You know, people started just like flocking in. Just like, yeah, what's this cute-ass dude talking about? So nice. when his brother Green died, his brother's name was Green. Oh, all of the members of his church just started going to Carwin's church. So he's he's finally hit was it was that New Spring? He hit New Spring status. Like super church status. Mm. So like my man killing the church circuit. So so popular as a preacher and so so successful as a as a preacher baptizing left and right. He lived on the lake, probably a really nice house, and had a good number of slaves. Probably, ooh, what, um, what, 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 what? Come on now, you can't just slide that in there. Well, he had slaves, man. Like, what do you want me to do? I would. Might have been your Damn. granddaddy. Damn. What's up? You want to talk about it? This, Not at all. This ain't the time or the place to do it. Not even we, close. We can talk. We can talk about it later. I'm already drunk. I'm about to get real bad. All right. People would describe him as a very admirable and virtuous with a boyish charm and would allow guests and travelers to stay at his home. Then in 1839, his first wife died. His first wife. His first wife. <laughs> his first wife. <laughs> in 1839, his first wife died of what sounded like arsenic poisoning. But good thing his housekeeper, Mary Bell, was there to comfort him. She did so much comforting, in fact, that they got married three weeks after his first wife's death. Dang. He didn't even have time to hang the suit up from the funeral. Literally, he got married in the suit he was wearing for the funeral to his wedding. So, oh, man, this is just real. Mary Bell was regularly beat. I'm going to let that one sink in. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, we we hit a huge jump here. It was said that he abused his first wife, too. And I guess he didn't want to let go of the tradition. So, you know, she got... Stabby, stab, stab? No, that comes up later. Don't use that yet. Um, no. He would also bless other women in the towns that he traveled to. And I hope that you hint... At the sarcasm in my voice when I used the word bless. What do you mean? What? Okay. 
he would give them a special Bible study. Like after hours? Yeah, like with no clothes on. Oh, just like in the Bible. No, they at least wore the bed sheets. They don't. They no, he was he was having sex with other oh, other women. Why didn't you just say that? I didn't want to, you know. <laughs> I don't feel like we went around in a huge circle. Where do you just say that? You could have just said that to begin with. So he's not practicing what he's preaching at this moment. We know he was a habitual cheater because a woman came forward and took Carwin to church, to court, damned church, to court for getting her pregnant. I guess she was trying to get child support or something like that. So this did not make him look good as he's the preacher and he's got a side chick coming forward trying to get child support. He was dismissed from his position of preacher and it took a while for him to smooth things back over, but he did, in fact, get his job back as preacher. And the kid came to live with him and Mary Bell before dying at the age of three by hmm. uh, under mysterious conditions. So potentially, Carwin's already got two bodies on him. And I'm that's not even what we're talking about with this case. 1852, a school teacher named Clement H. Lassiter came to stay at the Carlwin family house. He was very quiet. He was a very reserved man, respectful, respected, and well-liked throughout the town. One day, Clement caught Carlwin beating his wife with a chair, as he usually did. And with a chair? Yeah, he beat her with a chair until the chair broke, and then he picked up pieces of that chair, and then he continued whooping her ass with it. Oh, that's what Jesus. the that's what the news article said. The 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 it'll be in the show notes. Like I'm I I can't make this up. Like why I wouldn't say I would say it like that, but like also if I didn't have any reason to say it like that, I would have never came up with something like that. Like he beat her with a chair. The chair broke, and she was like, "Thank God, the chair broke." And then she was like, "No, bitch," and then kept whooping that ass with the pieces of the chair. That is, uh, what did she do? Oh, they they fought over petty stuff like, um, like the soup is cold, or the soup is too hot. Mm. Um, and you just beat her into oblivion with a broken chair, and then the chair broke. Like, yeah, he beat her with the chair until it broke. And you gotta understand, it's the 1850s. They built things to last back then. That's what I'm saying. That was good. That was a wood. good tree. That was a good tree that made that chair, and he beat her until it broke. It broke. Jeez. <laughs> and she's still allowed to talk about it. She ends up testifying. Okay, I'll get to it. So, oh, okay. So Lassiter, he's got to put a stop to this beat, and he's like, "Look, you just broke the chair, and you're still beating her ass." You know, he tr- he attempted to put a stop to it. Carwin then pulled out a gun on Lassiter, but Lassiter was able to disarm him and get the hell out of Dodge. Carwin became obsessed with trying to get back at Lassiter, so he forced Mary Bell to claim that Lassiter raped her, which was not true, and the court was able to prove it. 
1850s court was like, I guess, something something to brag about in North Carolina. Um, some days later, Carlwin is hell-bent on shooting Lassiter. Carlwin is telling everyone in the town, everyone in his neighborhood, his neighbors, shit like that, that Lassiter needs to be shot. Like, I'm a deal. I'm a handle this. I'm a handle this. So... <laughs> <laughs> And he also accused Lassiter of sleeping with his wife. So somebody's got to go. It's either me or him. Like it was, it was at that time. Like you know, I guess duels were cool. Like you walked up, you slapped, pap, pap. I challenge you to a duel, and then mm. someone had to die after that. Like, shouts out to Charlie Murphy for that joke. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Sometimes <laughs> that hit that hit home, didn't oh, it? Oh man, <laughs> I didn't know it was going. That came out of nowhere. He talked so much shit about Lassiter that Lassiter turned around and sued Carwin for two thousand dollars for slander. Two thousand dollars in eighteen fifties money is sixty six thousand seven hundred thirty eight dollars and forty six cents in today's money. So. Not a little bit of money. Like, you, somebody sues you for two grand right now, you'd be like, oh man, it sucks. I gotta, you know, gotta do something. But for $66,000, like, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go get a team together. Like, with a board, like, with stuff stuck to other stuff with lines drawn to it and shit. Like, how do we get out of this? Carwin is like, there's no way he's going to win this case. I'm the motherfucking preacher, okay? Like, <laughs> it's me against you. I'm, I'm Jesus' son. Like, holler at me if you want to talk about him to me and stuff. I'm going to just tell my girl, Lassiter raped her. The judge would just throw this shit out. Case closed. Carwin actually lost the case and was ordered to pay the money to Lassiter. Lassiter was still in town teaching, and on the 14th of November, he had to teach at a school that was, you know, on a path going right past the Carwin's house. He told who he was boarding with at the time, which is family of one of his students, that, quote, I don't think I should walk past that house. Unquote. Committed to the job. <laughs> he walks anyway, but makes every reason in the world to stop and talk to everybody on route. Probably asking everybody, like, hey, you haven't seen uh, Carwin today or heard any random gunshots, have you? And it was like, everybody else was like, nope, you're good. We've already heard about this shit that you, you and him got into. Like, this is a small town, bro. Like, it, this is our Facebook. We sit outside and we just yell at each other. We saw y'all out here fighting. Mm. And then they are both extremely influential people of the town. Nobody wants the preacher to shoot the teacher in town because you lose the teacher and the preacher at the same time. Like, I don't know. Like, I remember I didn't have internet for like. And the bleachers. I didn't have, I didn't have internet for like a day. And I was like, bro, like, I don't know what I'm going to do all day. Because, like, everything is kind of, kind of, sort of 
internet involved in my day-to-day life. And I was like, oh, bro. I ended up getting, I just left. I left my house. I went somewhere else where there was internet. And I was like, oh, this sound, this feels so much better. I think you might have a problem. What? What? You mean to tell me you wouldn't leave your house if your power was out? Oh, if my power was out? I thought you meant, like, just the internet was down. No, I mean, like, my yeah, I didn't have power. I didn't have power for three days. I didn't have power since Thursday. That's why I didn't. I didn't have any way to put up the birthday video. I mean, I, yeah, I could have, but like I was mm-hmm. severely unmotivated to do it because mm-hmm. of the whole situation with my power and trying to figure out where I was going to stay. And then like there was a day I didn't take a shower. Super gross. And then mm-hmm. um, yeah, like and then and then all, all, all of a sudden it was Sunday, which is today. And like, it is what it is. Like, I, I, all the people that you know are Patreon members, I actually see these people. So it's like they're getting a video of somebody that they see all the time. So it doesn't really matter. But if you would like to contribute to the show, no, I think it's too late. it's too early to do that. Yeah, it's way too early. Eyewitness accounts from court documents state that Lassiter made it to a strip of road leading towards Carwin's house and was never seen again. Now, a couple days later, Lassiter's disappearance became evident to the rest of the town. People were like, where the fuck is the teacher at? I sent my kids to school and they just came back and was like, there ain't no teacher there. Two men walking down a mossy, dense thicket along the path to the Carwin house, discovered the body of Clement H. Lassiter in a shallow grave. He had been shot with a shotgun. News got around town, and when Carwin found out that they found out, it was time to go. Yet again. He told his trusted slave, he tr- he told his trusted slave, Seth, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> <laughs> And I've never met. Okay, we'll talk about that later. And his no, the only thing that's really messed up about it no, is I have a friend who mm-hmm. just had a baby and named his baby Seth. <laughs> just... Is Seth short for something? Seth, nope. you just Seth. Seth, Seth, whatever. As lo- <laughs> shouts out to everybody named Seth. <laughs> if it, all right, let's let's find a Seth in the world. Like if your name's Seth. Uh, hit me up on my Twitter, BFW Pod Squad, and I'll send you some free stuff. But I don't think there's any more Seths out there. Except for the there's one. There's a lot. There's one that just got born, apparently. So he told his trusted slave, Seth, and his nephew that he's got to blow this popsicle stand, and he left for Tennessee. Carwin traded Seth for his nephew. his nephew's silence. That's fucked up. I didn't. I didn't really feel bad about the slave, uh, the slet, the Seth slave story, but you then didn't? no. But then when I heard he got traded for silence, like, what? I mean, you, all right, you could buy slaves, yeah, but like, hey, I'll give you this whole person if you just don't say nothing about what we're doing. Deal. And he's like, oh man, <laughs> I guess I'll take him then. Carwin, now John Forbes, lived in Tennessee for months. He signed all of his property, 
over to a friend and told him to sell it, then pre- and then started preaching again with a clean slate on life. The friend found out why Carwin left and cut all his ties and refused to help him, so Carwin had to come back to tie up some loose ends. When he got home, he went home for the last time to see his second wife, and Seth, the old faithful slave slash trustee, mm-hmm. seen him coming on in the... No, okay, can't do that. His, do that. his faithful slave trustee seen him coming into the house and went and told a neighbor. That neighbor told another neighbor, and that neighbor told another neighbor. And before you know it, there was a crowd gathered in front of the Carwin house, and he was later arrested. Hmm. November 23rd, 1853, Carwin is in jail, awaiting trial. He then decides to write letters to his followers. And I'm not talking about Instagram. I'm talking about handwritten snail mail uh, quill in a candle with an inkwell writing. <laughs> Getting it. And tells them to get rid of his nephew because he knew that he would testify against him. He requests that they persuade him to leave town, but if he didn't, then stabby stab stab. <laughs> if you know any- I was too soon to say that. I'm sorry. If you know anything about sending letters to and from jail, you know that authorities open and read these letters before you send and or receive these letters. So these letters would be used against him in court. There were plenty of people that were in line to testify against the Reverend. And remember, he told everybody that he was going to shoot Lassiter. And someone who testified said that they, in fact, saw Carwin in the woods the day of the murder with a shotgun. Lassiter's body was riddled with buckshot. I say riddled because there were three different types of buckshot pellets found in Lassiter's body. The same three different types of shells loaded in Carwin's shotgun when found and taken into evidence. The most fucked up part about this was his nephew's testimony that his uncle, George Washington Carwin, tried to bribe him by trading Seth for his silence and his whereabouts and that he saw his uncle with the same shotgun that was in question the day of the murder. The story is that Carwin saw Lassiter coming up the road. He went out, he went into the house, grabbed a shotgun and engaged Lassiter. Lassiter ran for his life while Carwin pursued and shot him. He then dragged Lassiter's body half a mile into a swamp, laid him face down in the mud and left. Then proceeded to try and leave the stake. Now the defense, bless their hearts, pleaded to the court that Carwin's Carwin couldn't have done this. The day Lassiter passed the Carwin house, there couldn't have been enough time for Carwin to cut him off, murder him, bury him, and partial, uh, bury him partially, and then get back before anyone noticed. And there was no way at the time to prove that Lassiter had been murdered on the 15th. They also threw the nephew's testimony out of the window because that's not what he said initially. He, he testified to the coroner's jury initially that he didn't know what was going on. And then he just started snitching. At first, the judge was on the side of the defense, telling the jury to disregard the second testimony of the nephew. But after a short recess, the judge changed his mind and told the jury to decide whether on their own whether they wanted to take the nephew's first testimony into, into consideration of the verdict. After deliberations, the jury found George Washington Carwin guilty of murder of uh, 
fuck, what was his name? Guilty of murder of Clement H. Lassiter and had polled the jury, meaning each member read their verdicts aloud. So it was like jury number one, guilty. No, number two, guilty. Number three, hang him right here. Number four, like <laughs> so on and so forth. So <laughs> I shoot him right now. When the jury was dismissed, Carwin, the reverend, the preacher, the holy man in this whole situation, got up, pulled out a small single shot pistol from somewhere and shot the prosecuting attorney, E.J. Warren, in the chest and killed him inside the courtroom. Oh, get this. He then pulled out a second single shot pistol. <laughs> no, he did. And then shot himself in the head, killing him instantly. And that has got that by far that is the craziest ending to any true crime case I've ever heard in my life. My man's in court said, "Hmm." Y'all really think this is about he, to be something sweet? Here's the thing. He was in jail for like a while. And he either had the pistols already or had someone bring him the pistols into jail. Because like there was a thing like during trial after the judge was like, I changed my mind. Like let them think what they want to think. My man was like, all right. Can I can I see my family for like like the last time? Because this is not about to go my way. And um, it was it was crazy because like okay, he shot the prosecutor. So like imagine like gaffs, ah! and then like while that's going on, he pulls out a second pistol, and I'm like, bro, like. Why didn't he just shoot himself with the first pistol? Because he wanted to take that dude with him. But I'm just saying, like, he had a... It was very deliberately, like, timed. But he was like, bro... Because he had to know he was going to lose that case. Why else would you have two pistols on you? Nobody's going to have the confidence to, like, yeah, I'm about to win this. But I'm going to keep these two pistols on me just in case. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it definitely a crazier type case that I've like I just discovered and no like there was only like one other show um that has covered this case. I had to look up the I had to go to like the oldest library in North Carolina to find this case. It was worth the hike up the mountain. But <laughs> I made it. And I found this case, and I delivered. Learned how to play the didgeridoo while you were up there. Yeah, I learned to speak alpaca. Mm. They're really nice animals. They seem like it. But that was the case for this week. We hope you're having a great week. From your boys here at Blood and Firewater, you can follow us on Instagram at Blood and Firewater Podcast, Twitter and Snapchat at BFW Pot Squad. Uh, Dre, do you want to pump your show? You know what? I'm a I'm a pass. Okay. I don't hard, I don't want to get it. I don't hard pass. Get it. You can because yeah. people do that all the time. I know, but it's just not. You, I don't. I don't. Your boy like Gouda. Yeah, my your boy Gouda. I, I named myself Yoda. Um, what's it nope. called? 
I'm gonna look. Duda. Duda. Oh, now you now you want to pump it now. There, no, there I was it is. Just correcting you. No. So you no. might. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> your boy Duda on YouTube. Watch Dre play video games, and tell him how much he sucks. Um. I can't wait to hear. He can't wait to hear. Apparently. Other than that, uh, look forward to hearing a lot of Maria. Maria, a lot. Look forward to hearing a lot of Mariah Carey here pretty soon. Um, if it's not already playing wherever you are. <laughs> I love it for Christmas. That's that's how you know the year is about to be over. Is Mariah Carey? Like I would hate for the year to, the the world to end, and the last thing you hear on like repeat is all I want for Christmas is you. I don't know. I feel like that's how I want to go out. That's how you want to go out? That's it. Hmm. Also, um, I, I don't know if I said this already, but shout out to our producers. Um, other than that, we're out. Stay alert and stay alive. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Get ready for some turkey. Gobble, gobble.